0: The information on aging better in uncertain times is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Information It is the very lifeblood of human activity because every decision we make, no matter what time we make it or how important it may be, is based upon the information we have. And we are always, whether we want to admit it or not, thinking ahead, planning ahead to see what our lives might be like in the years to come. This becomes much more important uh, later in years because three things come into focus. Lifestyle, nutrition and health. And not just physical health, financial health as well, because it becomes more significant as we age. And so all three things come under the umbrella of wellness. And what we are doing today is we are observing the third anniversary of the legalization of cannabis in Canada.
1: I think the biggest, you know, revelation as the years pass and now we're into the third year of legal cannabis in Canada is the fact that we aren't seeing you know those issues we aren't seeing the the mass incarceration or substance use disorders or you know impaired driving so no news in this case is is good news for Canada and I think it's good news for stigma.
0: Hi, I'm Gord Martineau, and this is the latest in our Aging Better series as we observe the third anniversary of the legalization of cannabis in Canada, the attitudinal changes that may have taken place, and what the future holds in Canada. We have a couple of experts with a great deal of information for you and their personal experiences with the legalization of cannabis and CBD and THC as well. They are Elias Theodoro. He's a UFC fighter. And we also have Ashley Brown, the CEO of SheCan. Welcome to both of you today. It's uh, great to have you with us. We're going to get into your lifestyles and, and the reasons why you take CBD and, and the benefits you've enjoyed because of it. Uh, Elias, I'll, I'll go with you uh, first of all. You're a UFC fighter, and you were the first athlete to have um, an exemption, a cannabis exemption, uh, because of your initiative. Tell me how that came about and, and what your ailment or your issue was that that guided you to CBD?
2: Yeah, well, it's been a long process. Um, Obviously, um, when I was with the UFC, uh, it was an uphill battle because of the fact that um, both the UFC and their second, uh, sorry, the third party uh, uh, testing uh, company that they hired, USADA, is funded by the United States government. So they still look at cannabis as a schedule one drug. Uh, just like the U.S. government, mm-hmm. uh, which is their funding. So um, it was always an uphill battle. Um, I actually left the UFC to pursue my uh, therapeutic use exemption, and I was able to go back to uh, British Columbia was where I applied for a another therapeutic use exemption. Uh, and I was approved uh, because I, uh, I basically claimed it under, one, um, it's my medical right as a Canadian to uh, Medicaid is prescribed by my doctor and also afforded to me by my fundamental charter of rights and freedoms. So um, that that like basis, I was able to set precedent not only for myself but all other athletes in boxing and MMA, both professionally and athlete, uh, professionally and amateur, um, with my last fight, uh, March thirteenth, uh, British Columbia, where I co-promoted um, an event that was nineteen plus uh, age gated, and it was completely funded by other cannabis uh, partners. Um, and then using that same, um, I guess, precedence, I actually took that to uh, Colorado on an individual level uh, through another um, through another commission. Uh, and I was approved in the US as well. So I'm the first cannabis athlete, uh, both in Canada and the US. And for me specifically, I use cannabis for pain management. I have a condition called bilateral neuropathy. It essentially means nerve damage of my upper extremities as you can imagine, everything I do in my job uh, very much, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, it wears and tears throughout. And um, yeah, you've got a very
0: physical it. profession. Let's, let's yes, put it that one way might again. say.
2: Yeah, yeah, lightly. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, in, in life in general, it's better to be the hammer than it is the nail, uh, especially in my profession. <laughs> um, but uh, it actually comes—the uh, medical basis of it actually comes in a previous life where I used to be a semi-pro skateboarder. Uh, As you can tell with the hair, I kept that, Um, where uh, I used to jump off of really tall buildings before I realized I was terrified of heights. Um, So I basically fell um, doing a magazine cover, um, and I broke my hand, two breaks, four fractures. Um, And it is the medical basis where they took bone out of my hip and made me a new uh, wrist. Um, Essentially... Everywhere in your body you have blood flow in two different directions except for one place the scaphoid Um, So they had to uh, replace that. So there was no degeneration Uh, Unfortunately arthritis and other types of uh, you know ailments did come from it Uh, but um, You know some positive did come out of it in the long run where I was able to use that as mentioned as the basis for my Therapeutic use exemption and set precedent not only for myself, but all other athletes moving forward.
0: Okay, so how how helpful or useful is CBD for you? What would, I mean would life be tremendously difficult without it?
2: Well, um, again, um, what I'm fighting for is medical equality. Other people are able to use other types of medicines um, without any type of risk, of fear, of uh, you know consequence or persecution. Unfortunately, cannabis, the way uh, you know, the stigma that it kind of uh, has uh, found itself over the years. Uh, it's, it's been an uphill battle, um, but it's a fight that I'm willing to take. Um, you know, it's a much better option and an alternative for me personally because everybody and everybody is different. And uh, the, the alternatives that I was essentially forced to take to kind of prove my case were opioids, painkillers, and antidepressants to the yeah. point where my, uh, again, because of this process, I've been kind of doing this with my family doctor, along with the other, uh, you know, the other doctors that have, uh, you know, joined my cause and my fight uh, for medical equality in regards to my case. Um, you know, it was it was almost to the point where my doctor would look at the things that they would tell me to take because you basically had to exhaust every medicine. So I had mm-hmm. to, like, take every painkiller under the sun, every opioid under the sun every um uh, to the point where they were t- giving me antidepressants where i am not ant- depre- i'm not depressed in any way shape or form to the point where my doctor would look at it and say hey we don't even suggest this anymore we haven't suggested these type of drugs for pain yeah. since the 90s or since the 80s or whatever it was
0: actually you've been with us before some people may be familiar with your case history others may not be you have found tremendous relief in in your life because of cbd how did it happen, and, and what was it the result of? How did you discover this?
1: Well, it's, it's really nice to be uh, with you again, Gord. Um, had the pleasure, obviously, of speaking with you before, but I'm always happy to share You know how this all kind of came about. So when my youngest daughter was about three months old in 2009, I had a massive tonic-clonic seizure out of the blue. I never had a seizure before. There was no history of epilepsy in my family. So we were really stunned. And when I woke up from the seizure, I was really disoriented. And it was almost like my brain was resetting. I started having upwards of 200 seizures a month. And they were really poorly controlled by traditional medications. So a lot of the medications had really complicated side effects. They actually made the brain fog and cognitive impairment worse. And we really were struggling to find any sort of relief that would allow me to, to live my life. Mm-hmm. I lost my job. I lost my license. Um, we eventually lost our home. And it was a really dark time for, for my family, especially for my two young daughters.
0: So both of your lives, let's say, have been have been turned around, if I can use that expression, or, or let's say enhanced by your discovery of C B D and, and and there's the stigma attached to it. You know, so many people, even some doctors themselves, are not really well educated on the benefits or, or the uses of C B D and THC. And, and how they can be effective in life. And I think one of the problems, and, and I think you both agree with me, is getting people to think about those and and not necessarily the image of, you know, a drug dealer standing on the street corner with a gun as your local dispenser of cannabis. That's clearly not the case any longer. And so should people be less afraid or less intimidated by the whole specter of, of what used to be a criminality associated with cannabis? Elias?
2: Um, Well, I think obviously everything's going in the right direction Uh, with the legalization and the anniversary of legalization coming up, um, you know, that removing of the criminality of it and also adding, again, out of the darkness and into the light, um, I I think what's it called with cannabis, um, it's the the concept of, um, you know, just legalizing it, uh, taxing it and regulating it. It is a huge step and um, obviously, um, you know, there are many other people that have been, you know, fighting that fight to get it to that point. Um, and going back to the concept of the doctors, I think, you know, whether it's whether it's cannabis, whether it's food and nutrition, um, I think some doctors have a blind spot in regards to beyond what they've learned in a book.
0: Actually, one of the problems that, that people associate with cannabis is uh, smoking a joint and the combustibility is no longer something that people have to be concerned with because there are so many different applications for CBD, THC. Can you run down a few of them for us?
1: Well, I think that's one of the most exciting things about legalization. And as we're kind of progressing into this third year of of federal legalization, people are really embracing this concept of cannabis existing in so many formats, including formats that they don't have to ingest at all. So things like cannabis topicals. I mean, I got up this morning, I put on a CBD face cream, I applied some cannabis topical to my hip because it's a little bit sore from running and I can only imagine how sore Elias gets <laughs> so he's he's definitely having that benefit as well and I ingested my medical cannabis in an oil form so that's a, a day in the life of a lot of people who are choosing to use medical cannabis. There's definitely options for combustion absolutely but that The stigma around stoners and potheads has long been really uh, a lot to do with the format and less to do with the plant.
0: Elias, what are people still struggling with when it comes to medical cannabis and and does the recreational market influence these issues?
2: Um, The recreational market obviously does. Um, Any type of component of culture uh, that goes with it as well. Um, I think some of the things that are still affecting it is the, an outdated stigma. Obviously there's uh a huge group of uh, the population that for majority of their life uh this substance, this plant, uh was considered uh, you know, a, a drug um in the illicit sense, um, but not looking at it at and not being able to look at it as uh, you know, beyond that. Um obviously with um the, the process of legalization, that's the the hugest step and you know, really proud of Canada for doing that. Um be one of the the, you know the first uh, G7 nations to do that Um, but again even even the process of when uh, it kind of happened um, you know there's still some you know growing pains uh, in the in the market in the actual uh, components where we find ourselves whether it's you know um, you know uh, you know arbitrary uh, aspects of um, you know dosage uh, whether it's like with edibles and uh, you know any types of drinks in uh, the recreational market, obviously, um, I think uh, you know there—it's a, a growing process. And as we uh, go into the next um, components or the next uh, year, if you will, of legalization, I, I assume that it's just going to get, uh, for lack of a better word, better. Um, but I think uh, in many ways, um, it's just more uh, aspects of it becoming socially acceptable. Alcohol has been around for centuries, if not um, thousands of years. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, its acceptance, even though it has a much more uh, detrimental effect on, you know, an individual, on a, a family potentially and and whatnot. Um, I think these are just, uh, you know, the, the components of an outdated uh, stigma that still kind of, uh, you know, lingers uh, with cannabis, but it's getting knocked down every day by different people.
0: Ashley, how will the addition of new products and formats like face creams and skincare products and topicals impact Canadians' perceptions of medical cannabis?
1: Well, I think it's a very interesting twist because the majority of retailers and recreational stores are hyper focused on high THC right now. So we're still seeing a lot of people really say, yeah, but is it going to make me high? Whereas the medical consumers who are walking into those same stores are saying, well, what about CBD? What about a cream for my arthritis or, you know, potentially a spray that I can use and discreetly keep in my purse for, for times where I need some pain relief. And so we're really looking. Looking to medical cannabis to to inform on those new formats and to educate about how they work well, because recreational stores just simply aren't focused on that aspect of things, partially because the regulations prohibit them from talking about the medical benefits. So that's where having the separate medical system has been so valuable Is introducing those new formats means that someone can talk to a trained Pharmacists, they can talk to a physician and, and find out what the baby step into medical cannabis is without jumping into the deep end of high THC, which is widely available in the recreational market.
0: Okay, this is a question for both of you. Uh, Elias, we'll, we'll go with you first. What are the uh, changes do you think have happened or the perceptions uh, that people have have changed since uh, the legalization of cannabis in Canada? We're, this is the third anniversary of it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, the legality was the hugest aspect. Uh, it being deemed uh, just because the government said so, um, and because of the fact that it's always been like that, or at least in our lifetimes, um, the the fact that it going from an illicit, uh, you know, not even product, an illicit substance, if you will, to an actual potential product, um, both in the capacity of a medical side, uh, which has been around for about a. a little over a decade, if not more. Um, And then obviously, the recreational side, um, just allowing, you know, the ability to be around, I think, um, having it more and more in in the culture, in uh, society, and being accepted. And again, going from, you know, the darkness of prohibition to, to the light of where it is.
0: Actually, uh, you know, you're, you're very involved in educating people about the benefits of CBD and THC and, and the combination of the two with uh, whatever medical ailments or conditions they have. Um, have you seen any attitudinal changes since the legalization of cannabis? I mean, it's been three years since it's been done, and, and we're observing the third anniversary in, the, in this episode. So have you seen changes in attitude?
1: Absolutely, Gord. Um, It's incredible. I think people often think that recreational legalization wouldn't impact medical cannabis patients or the perception of medical cannabis at all. And what we've seen and Elias referred to it is really bringing that out of the shadows. And that goes for medical cannabis as well. Um, There's no more wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I use this for medicine. It's really seriously being considered and more people feel now that it is not illegal, that they have been, you know, given permission to really explore the plant. So I think the biggest, you know, revelation as the years pass and now we're into the third year of legal cannabis in Canada is the fact that we aren't seeing you know those issues we aren't seeing the the mass incarceration or substance use disorders or you know impaired driving Mm -hmm. so no news in this case is is good news for Canada and I think it's good news for stigma.
0: Elias, what uh, what does the situation look like the future look like three to five years from now let's say where uh, the legal of cannabis uh, you know has has continued to unfold and people's attitudes have changed the landscape is better educational uh, programs are better and you know the variety of products is is something that a lot of people have not considered do you think there will be uh, more broadly based acceptance in three to five years
2: oh yeah for sure I, again it's it's i always kind of look at it on par especially on the, the recreational side um it being looked at socially as acceptable as something like alcohol but with a lot less of the detrimental side effects uh, alcohol has. It's, it's just the fact that, again, that legality didn't allow people to be exposed to it, both um, as potentially users themselves or knowing someone in their family that does. And again, uh, the, the elimination of that those stereotypes, uh, the quote-unquote stoner, the, the, the lazy person that uses it. Again, um, going from some guy that you would have to buy uh, from a corner in the middle of the night uh, in a dark alley to, uh, your pharmacy to, uh, you know, the many different, uh, dispensaries that are around the fact that you can order online, uh, you can get it delivered to you by Canada post. Um, these are all, um, components of breaking down, uh, different types of stigma, different types of, you know, um, just the, the, the backdated, outdated mindset of what cannabis was. I think. Um, The really important thing, as things start to move forward, hopefully some loosening of uh, the regulations in the recreational market, especially with the edibles, especially with different ways to ingest it.
0: Ashley, three to five years, you think the skepticism will continue to dissolve?
1: Well, I'm very excited for the next three to five years because I look at how far we've come in the last three years. And a lot of the public doesn't know this, but there are actually two reviews scheduled to look at the framework of regulations that a lot of people have felt are really restrictive. So the government really rushed to make good on their promise and legalize cannabis in Canada. And in doing so, they really did take a very conservative approach to a lot of things, including packaging and advertising and and dosing. And they looked at different jurisdictions like Colorado and really decided it was easier to start with a very conservative approach and then revisit. So we're gonna see those things happening. Those discussions are already happening. As an advocate, we're kind of readying our dossier and our list of uh, requests that um, Health Canada and stakeholders consider. And so I I think the next three to five years is really gonna be transformational, not only for the recreational market, but also for medical cannabis patients in Canada who are very likely to see over the counter or in pharmacy and i think that that will be one of the biggest positive shifts that has happened in the last 20 years of medical cannabis access
0: the information on aging better in uncertain times is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition until next time, I'm Gord Marknell, along with producers Dominic Sciullo and David Sirsta. Be well and stay safe.